0: waxing cold. Now wax to my understanding is an old English word that means by degrees it's sort of like he says that. It doesn't happen by the week overnight. You don't backslide in a week. You don't backslide in several days. But it is a process. The Bible said in the last day, we might well face it, that the love of many are going to die. Oh,
1: somebody
0: knows it. Daniel looked down through the telescope of time and saw the same generation. He said,
1: I see another person. While some are going
0: back and while some are letting down, and while some are growing cold, David that I see a people, they that know their laws shall be strong and shall be like blood. I guess my question to every one of us tonight is where do we sit in? Hallelujah. We have a choice. We can be the church of a the half bearder. How we can be the one God apostolic church.
1: That's powerful. That's powerful.
0: That's powerful.
1: This is not a time to let us
0: continue. I do not believe. I do not believe that this only is necessary. I believe that holiness standards should be a result of holiness, but I've learned this that you can dress up a pig and what you want is still a pig. You've got to change the pig nature, and, and standards is not holiness. You can have standards and not have holiness. I dare you to try to have holiness and not have standards. Daniel, when you got a hold of it, you've got standards. That's
1: right.
0: Standards are for protection. The Lord said, When the enemy comes in like a flood, I will lift up a standard. A shield. Many things. And, and today is another day. And, and I'm not going to preach a message on standards tonight. I probably will before this week is over. In fact, I got a hoop and I might tomorrow night. I don't know what But it bothers me to see. And, and it, I'm going to say something. Don't look on the negative side. While many are falling away, we've got some great men that still stand up for the gospel. we got them. we got them. But it scares me, it scares me to see strong men in just little bitty areas of their lives and ministry. You don't have to have a stick of dynamite to blow up and heat down. All you need is to drill a little bitty hole or just cause a little bitty crack. And the perpetual water to keep through. It'll take time. And it'll eat. And it'll eat. I talked to a man not too long ago, I called his name, many of you know him, and uh, he speaks for me, and you may actually he speaks in this portrait right here, and he pastors not too far from where I am in Atlanta, and uh, I've heard everything in the world, one day I ran into him, and his church at this point, I'm not talking about letting down, I'm talking about going. I'm talking about uh, wearing clergy collars, I'm talking about hiring ballet dancers to come in to dance before the Lord, and you speak among us, and I'm talking about wearing bathing suits, bikinis on the beach, and uh, uh, a backslider in town, he was in a movie theater, and this preacher came to him in the movie and invited him to his church, gave him all his cards. And he told me, to at least I know I'm back for it. And it's and, and horrible. His, his wife's hair is not much longer than mine. Um, and and I'm, I'm just serious. If, if there's no resemblance of dominance None. Zero. Zilp. Zilp. And so I asked him one day, I called him by his name. I said, I want to know something. And I'm doing this for a purpose. I'm not your carpeting or something. I said, I want to know what do you believe? What do you believe? That's what he said us. He said, well, I still baptize in Jesus' name, but I don't believe it's essential to salvation. He said, I still believe in receiving the Holy Ghost, but I don't believe you have to speak in tongues together. And we begin to talk further, and he really doesn't believe in one God anymore. I'm not telling you what I've been told and what the man told himself. Now this is where he, it really hit me. He volunteered this statement. He said, but apparently, and he calls it, since he started preaching, grace. Grace, Brother McDaniel, I guess, is the absence, from Medford, of all law.
1: Of all law.
0: He said this statement. He said, when I started to make the change, he said, all I intended to change. He said, I wanted to lighten up just on, a, on two areas. And this is what he said. He said, I wanted to allow wedding rings and television. And that's all. He said, that's all I wanted to allow. And that's as far as I planned on it going. Look what. Right i tell you something, brethren, and I, I believe I'm preaching to the choir tonight when I say what I'm just going to say. But just in case I'm not, either heaven here or let him hear. I believe the most damnable, slick, sly, slithery thing that's in I missed today is video. I believe that with all of my heart. All it is is a legal television. And good men has been strong They thought they were the pastor of their church and they were the pastor of their own soul and thought they could handle it. They brought it in and put stipulation after stipulation. And today, the church is full of television. It's full of everything. It won't work, folks. It
1: won't work. It won't work.
0: I promised my church, and I, I'm, I'm very serious when I say this, I'm very serious. I told my church several, probably several couple months ago, I said, church, I want you to understand that as I stand before you tonight, I am in my right mind. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking right. I've got the Holy Ghost. I'm not backslid. I'm not living in sin. I'm living for God. I said, I, I founded this church. I started it. I'm the pastor, whatever that means. And I said, if I ever stand in this pulpit, Brother Ted, you were there. I said, if I ever stand in this pulpit, and tell you, I have reevaluated our stand. And the things that I once preached against are no longer essential. If I tell you that television is not sin, and that jewelry is not sin, and makeup is not sin, and split search is not sin, and, and, and all these ungodly things is not sin, I said, if I tell you that I've reevaluated this and really, you know. I said, care okay, which way I come from, I can say I never believed it or, or I really didn't understand. I, whatever, whatever way I want to paint it in color. I said, if I stand this pulpit, I'm giving you a authority while I'm in my right mind. Get rid of me. I said, keep your wife away from me. Keep your children away from me because I'm backslid. And they'll tell her, what I'll do to your family. I said, protect yourself. And I'm giving you authority if I ever do that. Keep your preacher. It's not that fair. I mean that, Brother McDaniel. I mean that with all of my heart. I do not believe, I do not believe that holiness standard is the answer to everything. Matter of fact, if you want to face reality, it answers very few problems in a lot of cases. You can have a church with sleeves down your fingertips and a bunch of junk going on inside. But I do believe it's light, and I believe it's godly, and I believe God is pure and God is pleased with it. And I promise God and my church, if I ever quit preaching what I'm preaching, I'll quit. Preaching. I'll quit. Preaching. But this is God's people. And preachers, we may well face the music, these saints don't have to come to our church. If that bothers you, just get bothered. They don't have to come
1: to our church. We do have an obligation to our saints. Is it all right? Is it all right, preacher?
0: We do have an obligation to our
1: saints.
0: Turn your Bibles tonight to 2 Samuel. Keep on playing sister soft, if you will. I appreciate all the great men of God that are here. Many of you men, I've I've heard your name for several years and, and I did not know who you are. And I am meeting several men that I've wanted to meet for years. I know the busy schedules that we keep not easy to take out time and come to a meeting like this. And I know that you've come to worship God, to see friends, and to hear from God. And I want to somehow help you and help me. And I want us to be able to be touched by God. I don't want to just preach a sermon, but I want to preach a message. Thank you, Brother me for that tremendous, tremendous Bible study today. Tremendous Bible study. I love teaching. I love teaching and um, there's a lot of people that that all they saw is the evangelistic side of me and that's the 150 town. but i do have another 150 pound that that uh, is, uh, is is teaching also and um i've had some of my closest friends said me you wouldn't know teaching it to hit you in the face well they just don't know they ought to come back to it i love teaching but i believe we can have it both
1: i love uh,
0: i like it wild and woolly when it comes time to be wild and willing, but I like to sit down, gather around the fireplace, and it's time for that. Last night during altar service, and I don't say this loosely, I don't believe a preacher should say that God speaks to you unless he does speak to you, and it's alright if he does, but I don't believe he should say that to make it emphatic, if, it just, if he did, he did. But I believe last night during the altar service, God spoke to me and told me what to preach for this service tonight. And I'm totally confident in that. And uh, God's going to help some people tonight. He's going to help some people tonight. Thank you, Brother McDaniel, again. Second Samuel chapter 1, verse 1 through 10. And then I'll be reading Revelation chapter 3 and verse 11. Second Samuel chapter 1. Now it came to pass after the death of Saul, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Amalekites, David had abode two days in Ziklag. It came even to pass on the third day that, behold, a man came out of the camp from Saul with his clothes rent and earth upon his head. So it was when he came to David that he fell to the earth and did obeisance. And David said unto him, From whence cometh thou? He said unto him, Out of the camp of Israel am I escaped. David said unto him, How with the matter, I pray thee, tell me. He said that the people are fled from the battle, and many of the people also are fallen and dead. Saul and Jonathan his son are dead also. David said unto the young man that told him, How knowest thou that Saul and Jonathan, his son, be dead. And the young man that told him said, As I happen by chance upon Mount Gilboa. Behold, Saul leaned upon his spear, and, lo, the chariots and horsemen followed hard after him. And when he looked behind him, he saw me, call called unto me, and I, I, I answered, Here am I. He said unto me, Who art thou? And I answered him, I am an Amletite. He said unto me again, Stand, I pray thee, upon me and slay me, for anguish is come upon me because my life is yet whole in me. So I stood upon him and slew him because I was sure that he could not live after that he was fallen. And I took the crown, if I say crown, I took the crown that was upon his head and the bracelet that was on his arm and have brought them hither and to my Lord. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 11.
1: Revelation 3. And verse 11.
0: Behold, Jesus, during the speaking, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man
1: take thy crown.
0: Behold, I come quickly. Hold thou fast. Which thou hast. That no man take thy crown. And for my text, back to 2 Samuel 1 and verse 8. And he said unto me, Who art thou? And I answered him, and this is my subject title. I am an
1: emerald. I am. M. M.
0: Would you reach over, lay your hand on your neighbor's shoulder? For real, let's bind together. Pray one for another. Pray for me that I could preach what God wants me to. I love
1: you. I love you. I love you. <laughs>
0: In the midst of all and Dalaba, both startled Lendo Mokososomo Mosesomo, and Dalaba, Katala Jesus, in your name. Jesus, in your name. Jesus, in your name. Hallelujah. Bless you. His name was Preambi. Priambi was a great African hunter. Priambi was not just a normal hunter, but he was a very, very skillful hunter. Priambi had taken many wild animals in his time hunting in the jungles of Africa to feed his family and to sustain them. Priambi had a goal. He had an ambition in life. His goal was to take a leopard, He wanted to come home, Brother McDaniel, one day with a leopard skin, Brother Medford, swooped over his shoulder. There were several purposes for this. One of them was very few hunters were skillful enough to take a leopard, and he knew that it would lift him up in the sight of everyone in his village higher than he already was. He also knew that the leopard skin was worth very much he could either sell it and buy, and buy many things for his family, or he could trade it for many goods for his family. And so every day that he went out, he desired, he longed, he searched after a leopard. And he began to go a little further, and he began to steal through and slither through the jungle, and he got finally close enough. and things that we have. all oh, the pre had uh, was a nurse that's on his side uh, and a You spirit something you ever felt something behind you? He was kneeling down with the knife in his hand and he was stealing his leper and all of a sudden
1: his hand started to be The coin. Something began to they can know you are not alone.
0: And there was fear. Because he began
1: to think, now this is a female. Good. Probably not this thing. Could this be her Here. brother, he got very
0: careful. And finally he got a hold of his nerve. He knew something. He didn't work. And he let his mind run, and run, and he imagined a bunch of things. All of a sudden, he looked very serious, it was out of reach. And he had his hand, in his hand just a knife. Said, well, I don't know. No. And so, he right around. that. But in his amazement,
1: he would not have bought that. I mean,
0: this dude just walked on the moon, man. He said, I don't want to
1: have one leopard. i
0: got two leopards. It was so small, but a
1: leopard. He
0: wouldn't be frightened. He didn't know. It was wild. He didn't know. It was just a baby. Just a baby. And he just walked over and picked it up. Like a little cat or
1: like a little dog.
0: And he took a vine and wrapped around his body, and he tied it off. And man, I mean... He, this guy, happened. he was elated. He finally got the skin and job done. and threw the skin of his shoulders, bundled his bones, going up, and he took off. He took off. He, and he was
1: so excited.
0: He couldn't wait to enter into the face of his face. And when he got there to the village, people were in the distance, and he took this, this leopard skin and held it out front to the bullet, and he took the baby up and behind him to the field. And they saw the leopard. They had heard him, the McDaniel, for so long that he was going to do it, they were not really shocked in his heart. And they, become, because they began to come and, and praise him. And, and, and man, I mean, just tell him how great a hunter he was. And they had really had confidence in him all along and 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 all this. And his family came. And he had a little girl, one little girl, one small girl. And, and she was so excited because everybody was proud of her daddy. Finally, he called over and said, Come here, honey. Daddy's got something for
1: you. And he pulled his baby. And he, he it. what is it, It's a baby leopard, honey? What are we going to do with it? He said, it's yours.
0: It's yours. I caught it. I brought it home. Well, well, daddy, what are we going to do? He said, we're going to take it home. We're going to put it in our hut. And we're going to raise it. It's yours. It's, it's, it's your pet to raise. Man, she, 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 she was so excited And all the little kids gathered around And she said, can I hold it and, and it was so kind and, and several times in the story I, 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 was, in, I was under the G.R. Travis's office Several years ago Probably probably 12 years ago And and I picked up this little bitty book On first ministry for kids And this story is in the book And several times in that story They made reference to this leopard's eye, that they were so kind, and they were so simple. And the kids began to play with it, and about that time, the chief arrived, an old man that was not as agile as he was at one time, he himself was a great hunter in his day. But he was not as agile as he once was. He was an elder man, and now he was just the chief that stayed around the village and, and tried to give guidance and protection and wisdom to those that he was responsible for. And when he saw the leopard skin, he too began to pray for him being a great hunter himself. He knew that, that how the skill that it took to get close enough to track this leopard, to get that close, to take this leopard with a spear. And he, I mean, he began to just, he praises, and he praises upon him. And all of a sudden, he saw the children playing over there, and and he walked over among them, and he saw that baby leopard. And there was a transformation that came over the old wise chief, and he had his spear in his hand. And he, grabbed that spear back to kill it, Brother McDaniel, and Preamby furiously jumped between him and grabbed his arm and said, what are you doing? I said, there's a leopard there. I'm going to kill it. He said, I know there's a leopard there. He took the spear up. He said, no, Preamby, there's a leopard there. We've got to kill it. He said, Jesus, I respect you. He said, but I've
1: caught that. That's a baby leopard. Look at his eyes, Chief. They're so kind. They're so tender. He said, it's a baby.
0: I brought it home, and I gave it to my daughter, and she's going to raise it. at her part.
1: He said, no, Pre-Embi. Pre-Embi you can't What's wrong, Chief? Because said, you don't understand, pre You better kill it now.
0: He said, you better kill it now, pre She He said, the leopard, it's a baby leopard. But he said, I'm telling you, baby leopards, grow up to be big leopards and big leopards, heal. Jesus, you don't understand. I hate to go against your awful in your wisdom. But don't mess with it. It threw a different spirit on the whole ordeal. Keith turned around and walked off and said, I'm warning you, Priyambi. I'm warning you. Plant what a baby. The little leopard grow up to be big leopard. and big leopards.
1: Yeah.
0: Priambi went against the wisdom of his leader. Priambi took his wife, child, the new addition to their family, their baby. Leopard. They went to their hut and they were in the mother grudge for a while and didn't like the way that things turned out but after a while things changed and the relationship between this little girl and this baby leopard became very 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 thick and they would play together and they would sleep together side by side and they would wrestle together and she would pull its ears and, and pull its tail. And I mean, it was like some relationship that our children would have with a puppy or a cat or something of like that, that nature. And I mean, they became very, very, very close. And the leopard developed a love for this child and this child developed a, lo- a love for this leopard. And and he began to grow, and one day, sometime later, the chief came by Priam's hut, and when he stepped in there stood that leopard it was not a baby leopard no more neither was it a full-grown leopard it was just about half grown and again with fear in his heart he threw back his spear for the mcdaniel and and preempty grabbed him again and said chief i told you the day that i brought this leopard in here this is my leopard leave it alone he said, Priambe, you scare me, son. I'm telling you, with all the wisdom, the many days that I've lived, he said, that leopard is going to get you, boy. He said, I told you the first day to slay it while it was little. He said, I'm telling you again, Priambe, little leopard, grow up to be big leopards, and big leopard too. You better slay it today while you can. Morning. Not it was a old man. One day, a little girl, the relationship they had with unreal. the message was so protective of her. One day she was outside playing, and she found her arm on a rock. She caught it and, and it just pricked the skin. And she sprained, and blood began to trickle down her arm. And this leopard ran across the table. And she was sitting up here. it this friend, and you see animals, this friend was turning, and that leopard just ran up to her. And she was crying and sniffling, and and she was holding her arm. And that leopard saw the blood that was on that baby's arm. And and just with affection and kindness, the 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 leopard just took its tongue and just reached out and just licked the blood off of that child's arm. Those eyes.
1: They were so kind. They were so pure. They were so soft. They were so tender. They were compassionate. They
0: were coarse, a fierceness, a wildness that just instantaneously ran across that leopard. And this child that this, this leopard had loved and had cuddled it, it cuddled it all of a sudden there's the, the animal instinct in this thing it realized what it was and when they snarl and it begins to blow up its muscles and we screaming and it took that rat paw just wanted that child, and she rolled over in the bar patch and began to scream and squeal and preambi had heard the commotion and, and was headed that way and he saw what the leopard had done to his daughter, and he oh my god what's going on and he ran spear in hand and the leopard came he saw him and he lunged at preambi and the fight was on Prehambie was trying his best to slay the Leopard, and the Leopard was trying his best to slay the Prehambie. The cow crying, the mother screaming, the villagers running, the battle was on, blood flying from both Prehambie and the Leopard, the for Brother McDaniel, he heard the commotion. He knew what it was before he ever got there. He knew what it was. He had dreamed about it. He had felt it. He knew it was going to happen, Brother Gilmer. He saw it many times. He warned him about it. He caught there. When he got there, he was a wounded leopard, blood flowing from it, standing over the lifeless body of Preambe with his throat ripped out. I mean his head laying at a grotesque angle, a lifeless body. The old chief slipped up behind the leopard and one last thrust with a spear took the leper's life. He walked over the lifeless point. I going. me. Yeah. I warned you, boy!
1: I told you. I told you to slay that leopard while it was baby. I told you to slay that while it was small.
0: I warned you, Fred Andy. I told you that little leopards grow up uh,
1: to be good leopards uh, and good leopards you kill. Know, Fred Andy, if you would have only faith. Story of the Amulet
0: pipe. Did not start in the book of 2 Samuel where we read tonight. But instead it started way back in the history of Israel. Amalek was the grandson of Esau. Israel was the descendant of Jacob. So there had been a running feud for a long time between them. It was Amalek when the Israelites were in the wilderness. and They were in battle, and Aaron and Hur had to hold up the hands of the man of God, Moses, so they could win the battle. It was the Amalekites that they were fighting. It was the Amalekites that would hide, that wouldn't come face Israel many times face-to-face in head-on battle, but they would rather hide, and they would take the horse and the maimed and the blind and the crippled back to slow and they would pick them off one at uh, one at a time and slay them and finally Go ahead, sir. Should I say even go ahead? And I hope We can play around. We cannot be serious. And we can get by. Many times for a long we'll mark it down judgment will come. Judgment is sure I'm going to tell you something. The only reason I believe that God took it off many times is the monkey and the love, giving us an opportunity get If that wasn't the type of God he was, why did he send Jonah to Nineveh? He didn't send Jonah there to rub it in the face. He sent Jonah there to give him an opportunity. Four hundred and twenty years later, God said, Okay, it's time. Samuel! Yes, Lord, I've got something I want you to tell Saul. I want to tell you something, child of God, and you listen to the telling tonight. God never has, used kings. God never has, you generals. God has always used men of God. God always has and always will speak to the men of God. If God speaks to me, as a pastor, and they think God speaks to somebody in my church as a saint, and it's two different things, I'm sorry, they're wrong. As long as I'm right with God, as long as I'm living for God, Paul said, follow me, if I follow Christ, if I'm their pastor, and I'm a man of God, and I'm walking with God, and I'm living for God, amen. What God speaks to the men of God is right, it's holy, it's pure, and it will work. I want to a star. 420 years ago, I spoke it. I want him to go to Amalek. I want him to destroy everything that is about Amalek. Every boy, every girl, every child, every suckling, every donkey, every camel, every dog, every cat, every mama, every daddy, every grandpa, every grandma. I want him to destroy it. I want him to wash off the face of the earth. Uh, I don't know. I may be wrong. You may believe different than I do. I don't know, but I just kind of sort of believe it. I believe that when Saul left on his journey, I feel like that's what he planned to do. I, I feel like he had that intention in his heart to do what God wanted him to do. I don't know what changed his mind. If you speculate, your speculation. I, I, I don't know what changed his mind, but I do know that he had a mind change somewhere along the way. I was always under the impression, and maybe you're smarter than I am, and maybe you figured this out many years before I did. I don't know. But I was always under the impression that the king, Haggai, was the only Amalekite that they live. I thought that, but that's not why. Because the Bible tells us that when the battle was over, that Saul was on his way back and God spoke to Samuel again. And Samuel saw him to do what he told him to do. Saul went out and met him and said, uh, hey, Saul, I'm just here for okay? Uh, How how everything go? Great, man. Uh,
1: Victor? Yeah,
0: Uh, You take care of everything? Yeah, man, we took care of it. slaughtered it. We got to wipe it out. It's gone. It's forever settled. He said, what's this idea? What's the bleeding of the sheep and the lowering of the power? Saul said, oh, uh, uh, the people. And I know I'm not preaching that. I'm going to tell you something. Until we can face the we or our problem. We'll be lost.
1: Okay, the people. What about this who's uh, mm-hmm. this in the church? Oh who?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Samuel please a day.
1: A day
0: Samuel, this is uh, the king of the Amazite. Paul oh. is that what I told you to do? Did I tell you to slay some of them, or did I tell you that God told me to tell you to all of them? The Bible lets us know that Samuel stepped out of the place of a prophet and stepped into the place of a warrior. I going to tell you something, saints. Many times we, as preachers, are made to do things. Now, Agag was the only Amalekite that lived. That's what's up. Right? If Agag was the only Amalekite that lived, then when Samuel slew him, it was over. So, but, Brother Daniel, I read 19 years later. In 2 Samuel chapter 1. David coming home by the from Ziklag, sighting Amalekite. Where'd it come from? If Agag was the last one, where'd it come from? I have an idea. The Bible doesn't say. The Bible said the secret things belong to God. The revealed things belong to us. There's something he does not reveal but I have an idea. Samuel, I don't believe Brother Lee, was dumb enough to let warriors live. I don't believe he let grown warriors live. But he had to let somebody live. Somebody had to live or David would not have fought the battle in Zickland. Nineteen years later, there was an army of them. I don't know. But could it be? Can a man with the whistle something? Could it be? And this is speculation. That Saul in the midst of the battle, blood blind, squinting, could he saw some children this size and smaller toddlers
1: and saying Man, they can't hurt Israel. They can't hurt nobody. Why should I do them?
0: Could he have took some three, four, five years old and just I don't know, I don't know. But just some small children. Maybe it took them a couple old grandmothers. He was hobbling and said y'all can't hurt us take these children they come and, and come on hide with them He said, "Brother, tell me that ain't Bible no it ain't something happened something happened I don't believe he turned his back on 150 warriors and said we'll let y'all live that don't make sense brother McDaniel could it be They looked at these small children and said that's this baby they can't hurt nobody Years later, David is in camp. Here comes this guy with dirt all over his head, acting like he's all sad and in the mother grub. And I believe that he wasn't inside. Different, you want to? But I'm going to tell the story I believe it. I believe he was a hypocrite himself. He stumbles into David's camp. He still stumbles around a lot and just winds up places man. He stumbles into David's camp and, and David says, Where'd you come from? He said, Oh, I've been over there where Israel's fighting with Saul and all them more. And he said, Saul and Jonathan, David said,
1: Well, how, how's it going? So David David's
0: How goes the matter? How's the war going? He said, Man, not good. What do you mean, not good? He said, Well, Saul is dead, and his son Jonathan is dead also. Well, tell me about it. He said, Well, I just was happening wrong. Huh. And I just happened to climb a mountain. And I just happened to say, Oh, there's Saul. Lies. you happened alone. I just was. By chance, I happened up on Saul, and Saul had already fell on his spear and was lame, man. And, and he was not dead, but he was dying. And, and Saul heard something behind him and turned, and he saw me and said, hey, who are you? And said, Saul asked me to please take his life because he didn't want to suffer. And so I just uh, just politely, because, because he wanted me to, I I, I don't I don't, I don't believe that for him. Now, let me tell you what's going to happen. I believe this young man, for 19 years, had hatred in his heart. I believe he dreamed of this day. He didn't happen by tent up on Mount Gilboa. While David was fighting the Amalekites over there he was following Saul. He came up on Saul and Saul had fell on his sword and he turned around and saw him and said who are you? I can see a gleam in his eye. I can see something that just transformed him into a, a killing machine, if you please. Uh, and I'm sneering, and, and I can see him walking up the Saul for the leaf and said, oh, you don't remember me. Uh, would you look very close in my face? Uh, well, you saw me before Saul. So, uh, it's been a long time ago uh, we had contact. Matter of fact, uh, I was about four or five years old uh, or something like that, and about 19 years ago. Uh, to be matter of fact, Saul, so, uh, I was in a place uh, I was in a place called Amalek And I was there as a young boy I saw you, Saul I saw you slay my mother I saw you slay my father I saw you kill my sisters I witnessed it Saul, I swore before God that day i did you, i did get you, i did get you, Saul All oh, the men of God told you to kill you had your opportunity, Saul. Hey, Saul. I'm not four or five anymore. I'm about
1: 21,
0: 22, 25. I'm a warrior today, Saul. You know what, Saul? I'm going to take your life, boy. I'm going to take your life. And not only am I going to take your life, Not only am I going to take your life, Saul, I'm going to enjoy every moment of it. Give me that crown. No, not my crown. That's my place of authority. That's my place in the family. That's my place in the kingdom. You don't have a choice, Saul. You could handle me 19 years ago when I was a baby, when the man of God told you to slay me, but you can't handle me
1: today.
0: You're weak, Saul. i caught you in
1: a weak moment. I'm going to take your life, and I'm going to take your crown. Saul, I am an immigrant. Oh, God. But tell me what is all this about
0: leopards? And all this about Ambracites and wars have to do with us today in Camp Meeting 94 in Vodder, Texas. There are people in this building tonight. There are people in this building with the Holy Ghost. There's people in this building that no doubt have shouted tonight, and no doubt possibly run the aisles. And if you hadn't this night, you probably did last night, or will tomorrow, or tomorrow night, or you did last week. And you've got some things inside of you that you've lived with, and lived with, and lived with. When it began, it was not big at all. When it started some time ago, it was not large. It was just a little bitty spirit of lust, it wasn't really much to it, I mean, you know, it's sort of natural for a man to look at a woman, and a woman to look at a man, it's just sort of, sort of natural, it just sort of happens that way, and when it started, you weren't afraid of it at all, you didn't think much about it, but the man of God began to preach, the wise old keeper, the wise old leader, he said, I feel something in the Holy Ghost, I feel a spirit, I feel an attitude that's not coming. It's not right! Somebody needs to slay it! I said somebody needs to slay it while you can handle it! I can see the man of God. Oh God! I can see the man of God walking up. Come here man. Come here. I can see the man of God walking up putting his arm around a brother and saying hey man. I've noticed an attitude that you've got. I'm not your enemy because I'm telling you this. But when I preach the word of God, you get your feelings hurt and, and, and you get offended and, and things are not quite right. And as your pastor, I'm not your enemy. But I'm telling you, sir, get a hold of this thing and kill it while you can because one of these days, it'll be bigger than you are. Pastor. I appreciate the concern, and I know, I agree with you, I've got a, I've got a little problem, but really, really, look at his eyes. He's just a baby, Brother McDaniel. He's just, I I appreciate this concern, Pastor, but I can handle it, okay? Brother McDaniel, I'm a preaching I'm right there. When you get to the place that you think you are more spiritual and you know more than your pastor, God, you're in sick shape. <laughs> when your pastor can't come to you and say, hey, I just don't feel right about it. But I'll reason with you a minute. believe when a lot separated from Abraham... He said, well, we got a problem. Uh, we got some strife, and go ahead and, and, and separate. And You choose the way. Number one, Lot messed up right there. He had no respect for his elders. Lot should have said, no, 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 not me, not me. Abraham, you choose what you want. I'll take what's left over. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not an old man. I'm not a young man. I'm just a young cripple guy, Okay. But it's some young preachers that scare me. Oh, they scare me. When they think all it is to the ministry is just cars and limelight and another pulpit to preach in. Doctors bury their mistakes. We live life. I would have been there that day, Brother Daniel, Brother Medford. If I'd have been Lot's pastor, if you'd have been Lot's pastor, we could not have taken the word of God and said, "Now, Lot." You know, a lot of people they say, "Show me, show me in the Bible, I believe it." You show me in the Bible where I don't need to move over there and take this job, and I believe it. You show me in the Bible where I don't need to marry that young man. I know he don't have the Holy Ghost, but he's praying. You show me the Bible where that young man. Hey, he's got the Holy Ghost. That young lady, she's got the Holy Ghost. Yes, she might have the Holy Ghost, but I'm not. Hey, show me where it's wrong. What? It might have been his pastor. I couldn't have said now. Now, now, Lord, right here in Jeremiah 26 and 20, it says that you don't need to move in the direction of Sodom. And then right over here in Daniel 8 and 24. It says that, if you will, a couple years later you're going to move a little closer. and then flipping right back over in First Chronicles 24 and 31, it tells me in the Word of God that you're going to wind up buying a piece of property and you're going to live in Sodom and Gomorrah. And then right over here in Matthew or John 18, 36, it says that your daughters are going to marry some perverted gods and they're going to get all mixed up in this. And, and then right over here three years later, it says right here in Isaiah 4 and 2 that, that the angels are going to literally have to drag you out of Sodom and it says right over here that your wife uh, is so infested uh, and permeated uh, with sin that she just can't keep her eyes off her, and you're going to lose her also. You're just going to barely make it out with you and two daughters. I couldn't have told him that. But the new police, do you know what I could have told him? What? Something about this move scares me, boy. this little buzzer system. I don't know if you guys got it, but this belly I got—it's got one thing that I like. It's got a buzzer system, brother. I just get this little seed in Because it just ain't right. I can't prove it by the Bible. I can't show you scripture that it ain't right, but it just ain't right, Lord. I don't—I can't prove it, son. But would you just? Take the wisdom of the man of God. It's not a right move. Well, I have the
1: Holy Ghost.
0: Go ahead. I makes him it. Be, but good luck, young lady. Go ahead and marry him. Good luck. You're going to need it. Have fun. We'll be right here. It all falls down. We'll see if there's enough left over. Piece you back together. Put you together. See if we can make a saint of God out of you. Possibly. Possibly. But if you're not careful that little spirit of lust will grow and grow and grow and grow and one day you'll find yourself in the bed of adultery or fornication and you'll hear something behind you and you'll turn it through there. Who is that? Don't remember me.
1: I ah!
0: am that little baby spirit of love that the man of God told you to slay and dig out, but you thought you had it under control. You thought you could do what you wanted to do, and I'm here today not only and not only am I going to take your life but I'm going to take your crown that God has given you and your life will never be the same. You will never be whole. When was the first time you went against the counsel of your pastor? Tell me, I just felt like he was wrong. I'm going to tell you something. Now again, I do believe the Bible said, follow me as I follow Christ. I don't believe just because we preachers were right. I want to establish that. Brother Wheeler, am I right? But the Bible does say that obedience is better than sacrifice. Preacher, I believe, and this don't lift me up. This slows me down. Young lady, if you were in my church and I were your pastor, and I were to give you guidance and counsel that was wrong, as long as I was not leading you into sin, I don't believe God would hold you accountable. I believe is my baby. You'll obey the man of God as long as he's not leading you in sin. You'll be okay. I promise you. I
1: promise you.
0: You know what? As musicians come tonight, I know what God spoke to me last night. There's some Amalekites in this place. There's some of them that's just toddlers right now. Some of this message to some of you is a message of prevention. To some of you, this is an antibiotic. Just before we have to sever a limb. Church, are you praying? Are you through? Are you with me tonight? Am I just preaching, or is this a mind of the spirit? Would you help me? Would you pray? Would you help people tonight that's bound? Would you pray for people that's bound? But tell me if I, if I get up out of my pew and go pray, they're going to think I'm living in a doctor. They're going to think this, that Hey, number one, they ain't going to think nothing. But number two, they know their business what they think. Number three is between you and God. If there's something in your life, I don't care how small, I don't care how great, I don't care what degree it is. I'm telling you tonight, if you don't kill it, I said if you don't kill it, if you don't kill it, it will grow. And it will grow. And it will grow. And it will grow. And it will grow one of these days it may be three weeks it may be six weeks it may be six months it may be six years but it won't be a baby no more I said it won't be a baby no more it will take your life four weeks ago Sunday my wife my wife is a very quiet woman a very godly woman she left last night with her mother. She'll be there tomorrow night. You don't hear a whole lot out of her. She don't mind the church. She don't mind me. She's a godly woman. She lives with God. She takes care of the children. the examples of the church, and I think that's what are. She's my wife and I love her. I'll tell you something. When she does speak, you better listen. She don't, talk, she don't, she don't say much about, about spiritual things a whole lot. But when she does speak, about four weeks ago she told me it's hard for her to be brass it's hard she told me she said honey I called Jill she said, you did she said yeah she said I was so burdened for her she said I was so burdened she said I ain't mean, never talked to nobody like I talked to her Jill was the woman that was doing the sewing for my wife. She'd been baptized in Jesus' name, never had the Holy Ghost, never been to our church. Her brother was a preacher and she was a diabetic 47 years old and, and very sickly woman had one glass eye, her last lost eye and had heart blockages and living on borrowed time and my wife had just a burden. And she called her and said, Jill, you need to come
1: to church. She said, need to come
0: to church. She, said, Gil, she went into her sickness. And that, that's so hard. My wife doesn't do that. She's going to tell her, i put pressure. She said, I mean, i put pressure on her. Gil's husband has been around the truth for 15 years. And has denied coming to church. Thought it would not come to church. Would not have nothing to do with it. Told his wife he would divorce her if he on well, Saturday morning, my wife talked to Jill. Sunday morning, four weeks ago, her and her husband both. I, I normally teach at ten o'clock, and then one of my two assistants preach at eleven o'clock, and we gear eleven o'clock up for outreach, evangelistic, stomp down, pray them through from it. So that morning, we're teaching on prayer. They begin to move and here's that Jesse and Gil right back here and close it got to Dr. 11 o'clock She went over I just, I just kept on it was moving and I knew I was touching them I knew they were they were being moved by God and they were enjoying the service and, and I looked at Brother Daralee and I said forget it son you ain't going to preach this morning I just got to just got to go and do what I'm doing and I kept on and we gave an altar call and the church wept and prayed and cried and they didn't come Saturday on the way over here I stopped by Plainview, Louisiana and attended Jill's funeral know preached the last message she ever heard
1: in
0: her life and I pleaded with her come. when she died I separated myself and I went back over there and it started and I went back over the message, that I preached, and I said, God, did I reach far hard enough? Did I have the mind of the Spirit, God? I tried. I lingered. I said, come on. Come on. Come on. You need to pray this morning. Come on. I walked back, laid my hand on her shoulder and her husband's shoulders. Didn't push, it, but I just
1: prayed with her.
0: Her. I want you to stand. I don't want nobody leaving. Nobody going to the bathroom. It's not time to be dismissed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. It's too late for her, but it's not too late for you. Are you praying in church? I ought to be able to hear some voices. I to be able to hear some voices. Does anybody know how to intercede anymore? Does anybody know how to intercede
1: anymore?
0: Hey, sir, ma'am, young lady, young man, is there something that you just have not been able to whip? Come on, keep on praying. They're coming. Is there an kind in your life that's growing bigger? Some of you have done things in the last year. You'd have never dreamed that you'd have done. You'd have never dreamed that you'd have let down. I can't believe this altar's not full. I don't want you to come just to come. I don't want you to come just to weep. If you're weeping for somebody else, weep who you are for right now. You can come in a little bit. But there's people in this building of all ages. There's new converts. There's people that have had the Holy Ghost for years. There's young ladies, young men, moms, dads, grandmas, grandpa. You've got some Amalekites in your life that's growing. You're growing. They're growing. They're growing. They're growing. Preempted. Preempted. A baby, it'll get you one day. Preemby, preemby, would you kill it? Please listen to your keeper, please listen to your leader. It's gonna get you, it's gonna go up. going to take to move you, ma'am. Oh, I know you can handle it. You've handled it for the last three years, have you? You've hit it for the last three years. You've handled it all right, but today it's bigger than it's ever been. You used to control it, but it controlled you. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost. You're not going to hide it much longer. It's got a death grip on you. It has one hand on your throat and one hand on your crown. It's going to take the crown. i ask one more time. I know I preached what God wanted me to preach. There's others that need to come. We come. You ought to tear out of that pew. You ought to run and scream at this altar. Church, could we all come and pray? Could we find a place? Those of you that didn't want to step out, you can hide now in the crowd as they come. You can hide now as they come. Could you find somebody to pray with please?
1: There's a voice of lover. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm.